0: Pressure menopause sugar cravings just in time for summer with all natural Bossa Bars Menopause Energy Bars. They're delicious keto and intermittent fasting friendly bars created to help women manage weight loss and energy during the challenging stages of the pause. Try them at BossaBars.com. That's B-O-S-S-A Bars.com and save 10% with code HOTCOOL10. Welcome to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics podcast, the voice for women in midlife and beyond. At Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, we talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Bridget. And I'm Colleen. And today we have Tracy McCubbin on, and she is like the queen of declutterfying. In fact, her website is declutterfy.com. Tracy is the author of several books, and she has a new book coming out, called Make Space for Happiness, How to Stop Attracting Clutter and Start Magnetizing the Life You Want. So it was great to have her here. I learned a lot about myself and what I want to hang on to and the reasons you want to hang on to it. How about you, Colleen? Well,
1: you know, the interesting thing is that we did a declutter episode back in the Season one of the podcast. And to date, it is still one of the most popular and most listened and downloaded episodes. So, obviously, women want to know how to declutter their homes, whether it be keeping it clean and organized or releasing some of that emotional baggage that you carry attached to it. And Tracy combines that in this conversation. She talks about how to. You know, where to start organizing in your house when you feel overwhelmed, how you can go about it in a way that's not going to send you into an absolute tailspin. But also, you know, you've got empty nesting, you know, children are leaving, parents are getting older. How do you go through your parents' house with all of those memories and be able to let go of some stuff? And Tracy talks about that as well. So it's a really interesting kind of connection to organizing and emotional attachment that I think people take for granted. You know, when you pick up that little handprint your child did in kindergarten, that's great, but you don't need the entire box of like, you know, turkeys they drew and, you know, every other, you know, abstract art that they did. It's, it's picking and choosing those things that are really meaningful for you. And that goes for your clothes too. You don't have to hang on To everything in the hopes that it will come back in style. It's time to let it go. When you feel like you're in chaos, it tends to mean that, you know, if you look at your house, it usually reflects the emotional state you're in. So if you're in chaos, nine times out of 10, your house is in chaos too. And she talks about how to work with both of those. Plus, she talks about family auctions for items that even before someone passes, if you want something to go to a specific person, make sure that happens beforehand. It's just—it's a really great conversation with Tracy. We're going to get started with that, but we want to make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. You can check that little red subscribe button. You don't want to miss an episode. We have new episodes coming out every Wednesday, and we sprinkle a little Friday episodes in as well as bonus episodes. And get ready for the fall, guys. We have great guests. We have our... I think it's our fourth annual 12 Days of Holiday Giveaways coming up. We're going to have a holiday gift guide. There's so much. We may even have an in-person event or two coming up before you know it, so we'll keep you posted on that. But for now, let's talk to Tracy about decluttering. Welcome back to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. Today we have on Tracy McEubin and she is a professional organizer and I like the title The Clutter Whisperer, which I read somewhere.
2: (laughs) So welcome to the show, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I love all things amazing women. Well, we are excited to
1: have you. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes. I wanted to start with an interesting thing that Bridget and I discovered, which is we did an episode on kind of organizing your house seasons ago. Like we're in season four now, but it was season one and it is still one of the top rated episodes that we have had. Why do you think it's that
2: organization and decluttering is such a big problem for people? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, I think really, honestly, and this is what, uh, my book that comes out, Making Space, uh, is all about is that we shop too much. Our houses are too full. (laughs) So people are, you know, the thing about decluttering that people don't understand is if you keep consuming at a level and you keep buying and you keep shopping on Amazon, you're going to have a lot of stuff. So, I think people have missed putting the pieces together that they've tried to organize and they've tried to organize, but they're not looking at their shopping and consumption habits. You know, we're being marketed to all the time. I, you know, I, I come home and there are packages from Amazon. I'm like, did I get a present or did, you know, or did I do that myself? So I think we're just wrestling with too much stuff. So um I think that the organizing aspect is what's interesting to everybody because they're like, how do I manage everything in my home? Um, But they're not putting the pieces together that it's everything that they're bringing in.
0: Yeah. And it's such an emotional part of everything. And I didn't know, I read your previous book, um, the book, The Making Space, The Clutter-Free, uh, the, uh-huh. the last book on decluttering. That was, that was really a great book. And it really hit home with so many things. And I love your website as well, because you can take the quiz. <laughs> yeah. Find yeah. out. And, and was it The Conservator? Was that what it was? One of them, I couldn't remember if that was. Yeah. So yes, that's what I am. Yeah.
2: yeah, So the first book is all about um, what I call clutter blocks. There are these seven emotional stories that we tell ourselves about why we can't let go of the things that we want, need, you know, don't want, don't need, or don't use. You know, we're in this cycle of like buying and holding on to. And I think that um, people don't realize also that it's emotional attachment. You know, our stuff comes to us with no meaning. It just shows up, right? It's just a blow dryer or a photograph. And then we put all this meaning on it. Well, you know, my mother passed and it was her favorite blow dryer. And so I think when people realize how much emotion they're putting onto it, then they can understand why it's so difficult to let go. And look, I'm not a minimalist. I mean, you see my bookshelf. I like things. I like pretty things. I, but what I believe in my heart is that our homes are a tool our homes are a place where we rest, we nourish, we commune with our family, we commune by ourselves. You know, it's a it's a place that needs to support you. And if you're buying all this stuff and filling it up with all this stuff and you know, I always say to people you know your house isn't working if you have to move things away to get done what you need to get done so if you have to like push things off your kitchen counter to make a healthy breakfast your house isn't working so it's not about how does it look it's does it support you is your house serving you the best way so that you can get yourself out the door you know get your family out the door whatever you need to do. And and I think that that's the key to decluttering is that it's emotional. That's the piece that people aren't putting together. And I think that's why this topic is so interesting because everyone's like, I have too much stuff. I want to let it go, but I can't. Why? What's wrong with me? And I'm saying there's nothing wrong with you. You just haven't made the through line. Mm -hmm. One of, actually two, I
1: think, clutter blocks that really affect our demographic are when the children leave home Mm -hmm. and when, because we are the sandwich generation. And when your senior parents might have to downsize or leave, can you address those two and maybe give us some tips on how to actually get through maybe cleaning out your child's bedroom or your (laughs) parents' house? Just to make it a little, because talk about emotion. Those two are just key emotions.
2: Exactly. Well, the sandwich generation, I mean, we are Definitely in the like vortex of the too much stuff. So, you know, those, that's clutter block number one. I'm stuck in the past. You know, so that's hanging on, you know, people who say their kids have grown married, have their own kids, but yet their bedrooms look exactly as the same as the day they left for college. You know, what that says to me is that you are looking backwards, that yes, of course you enjoyed your child being a kid. And of course you enjoyed raising a family, but that's not where you are right now. And if you keep all that kind of memorabilia, you know, the participation trophies and the turkey hands on the refrigerator, the messaging you get is that your best days were behind you, that your family's best days were behind you. You're not giving everyone a chance to grow. And I will weigh in on this. I have to say this right now. If your child is grown and owns their own home or has enough space, They need to come get their stuff. (laughs) (laughs) They need to come get their stuff. I'm dealing with it with a client right now. I'm like, your children have homes. Why are you holding on to their yearbooks? You know, so we're. Okay, (laughs) guilty on that one. I I do. (laughs) I have their yearbooks.
0: I have their yearbooks, but I did. I went, I think it was my daughter finally graduated college. I said, okay. I said, "I've, I've got to get it get your closet cleaned out i have to and she said okay you can throw away all of this but don't throw away my concert t-shirts and i i mean i had bags bags Away the Kanye West concert <laughs> t shirt, then it's a goodwill, and she's like, That's worth a hundred. And that's another thing we're talking about what people think things are worth. And
1: Can we like, talk about that? Yeah. What people
2: think things are worth things so are much worth more? more. Yeah, definitely. I want to um, let's put a pin in that because I really want to talk about the parent stuff. Yes. yes, that's sort of a different clutter block. That's you know, what uh, it's number six stuck with other people's stuff you know and it's very much and what we're seeing our generation is wow. that furniture most of us don't want it you know we already have a home full of furniture so what i'm seeing that's very difficult for people is you know their parents are downsizing maybe moving into senior living and they're like i have three sets of china what set would you like and people everyone's like i have two of my own you know so it's very very difficult to just drop that stuff off you know, because it's family heirlooms. But we have to be realistic. If you're not going to use it don't take it. So what I'm suggesting to people whose parents are downsizing is maybe skip a generation. You know, us take a few things, but do you have grandkids? or their cousins who are setting up their house for the first time? And, you know, find pl- other places in the family. You know, it used to be that it was a direct line, right? Your parents came to you, it got passed down. It's different now. So that one's really difficult. And then it also ties into if someone's lost a parent. Right. You know, you feel so attached to that stuff. And what I always tell people is it's not about the stuff. It's you want to maintain the connection. And you think by keeping all the things, you're going to keep the connection alive. But what I say is if you keep all the things and if your garage is full of your parents' furniture or you're renting an off-site storage unit, you're actually Dishonoring the memory because you're putting yourself in a predicament, or you're resentful that you have all this stuff. So I would rather see you keep a few things that you love and remember how much that person meant to you than have a storage unit you're paying four hundred dollars a month for it, and every time the money goes out, you're like, oh, why am I doing this? So it really uh, us, our sandwich generation, we're really dealing with stuff from both sides. Yes, yeah, and I love too how
0: you just said use the good china. You're
2: sitting. Use the good china. Exactly. But also, you know what? So the gold rim, you know, wears off. You've used it. You've enjoyed it. You know what? I, I help a lot of my business is helping families after someone has passed away and I'll go into homes, beautiful homes. And there are things in boxes that no one's ever used. And I'm like, Wouldn't you rather it went in the dishwasher and a little bit of the gold wore off than to have never used it? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, we're really dealing with, you know, this topic and a lot. But I do want to talk about um, everybody thinks their stuff is worth a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) you know i always say just because it's old doesn't mean it's valuable you know a lot of things national geographic magazines were mass produced and there's a lot of them out there so it's not it's not that it has value. And old furniture, we've changed the way we do things. So a lot of it doesn't work anymore. Our clothes are different sizes. Our, you know, we can't use old desks because of our computers. So, you know, we understand that life has changed. And I will say to people that um, if you're thinking about selling things, look, there are things, you know, there, what something's worth is what someone will pay you today for it. Right. Mm-hmm that's what they'll show up at your house with cash and drive it away so you know try but also understand that couches aren't Really worth anything, you know? It's really heartbreaking. And what I'm suggesting to more and more people is, there are these amazing buy nothing groups. Have you all talked about these at all? No, I don't think we have. Uh, no, I think uh, I've heard something like it, but please um, describe. Yeah, they're fantastic. It. They've shown there are a lot of them are on Facebook, and sometimes they're on next door, neighborhood, local. But people put things up that they're getting rid of that they want or that they need, and there's no money exchanged. I had from a client about two dozen really nice brand new black three-inch binders. You know, those are four or five dollars each. I think I had 10 or 15 of them. It was like, put them up in the buy-nothing group. A woman who was starting to teach at city college in the fall needed them, swung by, pick them up, and off they went. And you know, for me to know that those are gonna be used and not in the landfill, I'd rather she had it than the five bucks. Maybe I could have gotten for it. So it's a really amazing community. Really, really amazing. And the kids today are super into it. Like they're all wearing used clothes. They're all like, oh no, I got it on a buy nothing group. Like they're very mindful about keeping things out of the landfill and using this other resource. It's fantastic. I have to say and say like, okay, this dining room table that you spent... A thousand dollars on in 1983. How many family breakfasts did you eat at it? Like, thank it for what it gave you instead of like, well, it should make me money. It's like, that's not its purpose. Its purpose mm-hmm. was to nourish you. And I think we get so lost in, um, in that it's got to be worth something. And, and I think we're missing what it was worth. You know, yeah. what it was worth is that you celebrated family Thanksgivings at this table. That's what it, the real value is. You know, I keep, coming back to this and I talk about it in the first book and I talk about in the second book, but we're just losing, we're just losing sight that it's about the connection, that it's about the human connection. You know, and I, 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 as a woman in my fifties, I have had a lot of resurgences in old friendships, you know, and not that they fell apart. Just, you, you know, you're working, raising family, everybody's doing everything. And and now that the kids are gone and everybody's career is settled. So a lot of these old friendships are coming back and it's so great. You know, it's so fantastic that we've had this life experience and, and that's what I want. I don't want to go to the mall with you. I want to sit across a table and have a cup of coffee and tell me what's going on. Cause we've all been through a lot lately. And I'd also like have you said, you said that do you love,
0: love, love it? Like if you love, love, love it. And you also mentioned like things, there's a whole list, like the like the turkey platter you mentioned <laughs> in your book. Okay, I do use this once a year, but I used it for 20 years. It is my turkey platter. Something like that's okay. But all the linens and all the tea towels and <laughs> dish towels from 30 years ago, I think it hit me. We had our kitchen redone two years ago. And I started looking through the dish towels, and I thought, okay, I've been married 30 years, and I have dish towels from when we got married. This is ridiculous. Got them. I just got them out. Big bag. I, I don't remember if I took them to animal shelter or Goodwill or if they were stained I threw them away but
1: it, it you know you could have gone to buy nothing and then <laughs> I <could> have <laughs> and, do you, want you a know. dirty towel
2: <laughs> <laughs> now you know yeah, yeah so that list um it's all on my about website too is it fantastic oh, great. it's it's the five things like to ask yourself should it stay or should it go you know do you use it more than once a year do you have a place to store it That's the other thing. Do you have a place to store it? You know, could you reasonably buy it or borrow it again? That's the other thing people pay for storage, you know, and they're paying what they're paying. They could buy the things that are in storage 10 times over. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've been in so many storage units where I'm like, this is an Ikea desk. You're paying $175 a month to store a desk that costs you $69. Like I you know that. And, but then one of the, should it stay or should it goes is what Bridget said. Do you love, love, love it. We just Mm -hmm. have some things that we love. We just love them. They make us happy. And that's what I want. I want you to feel good in every room in your house. I want you to feel happy in every, I don't want you to walk in and like go, oh, pit in my stomach, you know, open that guest room. That's now become the storage dump.
1: On that track. Where do you start?
2: If you have a house that you want to start organizing, what room do you start in? It's so, that's so fantastic. So the first thing I would say is getting my book, making space clutter free, because I have a work plan in the whole book, taking room by room and how to start. So the first place I ask people to start is one, what's the vision? Why are you doing this? That's the what's your why. Because if you're not clear on your why, you're going to resent the process, right? Am I doing it because I want to have friends over? Am I doing it because I want to put my house on the market? Am I doing it because I just want to breathe a little easier? So get really clear on your why. And then pay attention to where your house isn't working. What's not working? Do you stand in front of your closet every morning and cry because you have six sizes of clothes and it makes you feel bad? Pay attention to what's not working, and then start small. The other mistake that people make is they're like a weekend warrior. I'm going to get my whole house decluttered. Rome was not cluttered in a day. It's (laughs) a long time for it to get there. So start small. Don't start with the emotional stuff don't start with the photos don't do it you know start with the kitchen towels start with the things that aren't loaded and just take it drawer by drawer shelf by shelf you know half an hour a day or four hours on a saturday and like you said you know you may need help and that's the other thing i um if you need help if you're not naturally organized okay not everybody is. Like if you know there are things that we don't know how to do. I don't know how to fix my car. I don't know how to fix my car. Doesn't make I'm a very competent human. I don't know how to fix my car. So there's a lot of people who being organized, the kind of basic tenets of it aren't in them. Great. Get some help. Mm-hmm. That's okay. There's no shame in that. Like I don't understand For me, it just upsets me when people beat themselves up. Oh, I should know better. I should do better. And it's like, but maybe you weren't raised that way, or maybe you didn't live in that kind of house, or maybe you don't care. I have a lot of clients who want an organized house and don't care to do it. So they hire me, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
0: And, and I also, you know, you're in your book also. You're not. It's not like a shameful thing. There's nothing in there about shaming, and also you're you're also not about which I think it's fine to have like everything in these bins with the markers and the labels, and that's all good and fine. But you're also starting where they are and what will make their lives livable and easier. And I love how you also mention just time wise the time you save, how certain clients of yours. Could get ready and out the door in five minutes where in the past they were hunting for things that they didn't know where they were. So that that I thought was such a good
2: point. And that and that's really at the basis of it. Like, why be organized to save time and money? That's it. It's not about being right. It's not about your, you know, being a perfect housekeeper. Like visually, you know, I have a lot of clients who they like a little visual clutter. They like a little bit of stuff. Great, but can you get dressed? You know, can you open your closet and slide the hangers? That's what I want. I don't care as much how it looks. And the, you know, you bring up such a good point about sort of the—I call it the decanted lifestyle. You know, there's everybody's putting their Tide pods and jars with a label that says Tide Pod, and look, it looks fantastic, but it's really time-consuming. You've got to fill those jars, you know? And is that where you want to be spending your time? If that makes you feel great, and if you walk into your laundry room and you love that, go for it. Right. But it takes a lot of time. I don't have any interest in doing it. I do it for people every day. My house, I'm like that. Ah. I shut the door in <laughs> the laundry room, it's in the tide box. Great. I don't care.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you notice with your clients that when there's a lot of clutter, that sometimes they're, they're, Emotional life—it has a lot of chaos or clutter as well. Does it? Does your house sometimes reflect your emotional state?
2: Always, always. I can go in and I can, you know, if they have kids and there's like a just crazy abundance of toys, I'm like, "Mm, does somebody feel guilty about working too much? Or you know, a lot of times in relationships, like the clutter sort of gets built up to put a distance between each other, or people are depressed, you know, people are just not dealing with their stuff. And it is a reflection of them and they don't feel good when they come home. You know, they don't walk in their house and calm down. And, and that's, the, that really like the closet is that for women, especially a chaotic, awful closet is almost always tied to self-esteem issues or how you feel about your body. And, you know, I, I, I feel pretty strongly really now in my, I'm 57. My body's changed. It's just changed. It's called gravity. You know, it's just going to happen. I'm not going to be able to wear stuff I used to be able to wear. And it's not about getting to the goal weight. Cause even if you get there, my midline's changed. Right. So keeping those clothes keeping you stuck in the past, this reminder that your body isn't what it was makes you beat yourself up instead of appreciating where we are. Like we made it to 57. That's fantastic. Like I love my fifties. I don't want to go in my closet and feel bad about what I used to wear. You know, that was then and this is now in the best possible way. So, so much when I see a cluttered closet, it's really tied into self self-esteem
0: yes absolutely and i also how you mentioned just walking in the front door of your home and how you notice or it could be the front door wherever your entryway is and how you notice if things are stacked up if you've got boxes if you've got unrun errands things that are should have been run on an errand how do you start with somebody there is that maybe a place where you start or how how would you yeah
2: i i think you know i always talk about we don't figure, we never talk the business of being an adult. You know, there's a there's an admin, there's an administrative aspect to being an adult. You got to return things, you got to return, you know, and and we never figure that time into our time management. Like I got to sit down and pay my bills. I got to do these returns. And so sometimes if that stuff is really out of control and the front entryway is full of packages and you know all sorts of stuff, like maybe you need help. Maybe you need help. If you're, you know, again, sandwich generation and just getting kids into high school and dealing with aging parents, you know, all this stuff starts to come at us and we never realize, like, oh, I might need some help. Like, I might not be able to do this all. We sort of think as women, we should be able to do it all. And it's like, no, you know, it's like, well, my grandma did it all. It's like, well, you're. My grandma lived on a farm, and there were a <laughs> bunch of kids that started working at about the age of six. Like that's how everything got canned. you
0: know, <laughs> yes. you know
2: Bridget, you grew up yes. with. T- that's how stuff got done. Like you were yeah. ironing, we were And so I think as women we're so reluctant to admit that we can't get it all done. and maybe we need help or maybe, you know, something's not working. Like what's not working? Right. And, and you brought up another interesting point
0: that you also have in your book as about the financial aspect mm-hmm. of it. And so many people, and I, I've seen this happen with different people, get into debt and then they, they don't open mail and it just kind of snowballs. And I've, I've heard people talk about that. that they're almost... It's like there's just a big they're world. They're overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed. They're terrified.
2: And clutter, that's clutter yes. block number three. I'm avoiding my stuff. That is one of the biggest clutter blocks. And the interesting thing about that clutter block, it tends to go hand in hand. The more successful somebody is or the busier they are where they're not getting the support they need, the more that happens. Because they're like, got their work life handled and they're just not dealing. And it's, you know, it's, I've, I've, I, I, Uh, I've gotten a couple (laughs) comments about this on social media lately, you know, get your house in order, like get all your house in order and especially get your will in order, get your estate in order. I I get a lot of calls. A lot of my business is women in their fifties or sixties call me up and say, I'm super organized. You know, I, I, but I'm the only person who knows where everything is. I'm the only person who knows what the insurance policies are. If something happens to me, this is all a disaster. You know, so one of the things, and I do this with young families too, like have your estate plan. Who's going to be the guardian of your children? Where, does somebody know your passwords? Does somebody know where your assets are? Like that financial clutter is just as difficult to deal with as physical clutter because you know, we've all dealt with it. Somebody passed and you're like, where are your bank accounts? Like, (laughs) like you're going through this terrible loss and then you've got to deal with this. And, and I think, you know, it's, again, it goes to the business of being an adult, like get your affairs in order. And the earlier you do it, the less of a mess it is. Like if you know, I I just moved and sold a rental house and some stuff and I've got to get my, I've got to redo my estate plan. And it's like weighing on my head because I'm like, oh, if something happened to me, it would be going, you know, my life's changed. I don't want that to happen. And so really... It's now is the time to be doing it. If you get your affairs in order, if your estates in order, it's going to have an appraisal. So people are going to know what things are worth because where the fighting starts is somebody's like, well, that, you know, that Louis the 14th chair is, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> so, you know, get the art appraised, get the, get the stuff appraised so people know and also start to. You know, you decide who wants it. You know, the kid who loves that painting, you know, really get that in order. But I have done this a lot with big families is that you do what's sort of called a family auction that everybody, they you know, monopoly money or they... You pick up sticks and you have an outside person run an auction. So everybody gets an equal amount and they get to bid on different things. And I've seen people trade and I, I want that. And, you know, it feels very equitable. It's very, very equitable. But that stop, you know, helping stop that infighting is if you can front load and have your estate in good order. You know, it's when it's a mess, people think, oh, there's money hidden somewhere or that stuff is worth a lot. It's like, no. So I really, really encourage people. I I just, you know, call the lawyer. And and, you know, the funny thing is people, people sort of think it's morbid. Like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. And I, I don't want to, you know, and, and for me, it's like, it's going to happen to all of us unless you know, unless you know something I don't, (laughs) it's gonna happen. And wouldn't, like you said, do you want to leave a mess for your family? Like, is that how you want to be remembered that you people, you know, get it in order. It's such a kind thing to do and you're going to sleep so much better. One of the really neat things I've seen with a lot of my older clients, um, is that they start to give their jewelry away while they're still alive. I I had a client who's 93, um, Wow, I think it's her birthday today. Oh my god, I think she's ninety-four. <laughs> Bless her oh, cotton Wow, socks. happy no, 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 no. birthday, yeah, <laughs> Judy. Um, she started in her kind of early nineties. She started to give her jewelry away. The early nineties. I, I love know. that. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's hanging in there, but she, um, you know, and everybody freaked out. Why are you doing that? When you know, and what she said is, look, I've got a couple years left. I want to see you enjoy it. I'm going to take my granddaughter out to lunch and wear that ring that I'm never going to wear again. You know, and so I don't think it's morbid. I actually think it's really a celebration. Can can you talk a little bit about your new book that's coming
1: out October 4th? So it's Make Space for Happiness, How to Stop Attracting Clutter and Start Magnetizing the Life You Want. So how do we stop attracting clutter?
2: (laughs) <laughs> so, this is, it, it's so, this is, I'm so excited about this book. So, the first book was all about the clutter blocks, why we couldn't let go of what we let go. Of. But the second book is, is all about the seven clutter magnets. So, basically, there are these holes inside of ourselves that we're filling with shopping right? That like, we're like, oh, yeah. I don't, you know, I, I don't feel smart. So I'm going to buy every book under the planet, every self-help book right. under the planet and stack it up and not read it. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna cover myself in logos because I don't feel like I have self-confidence. You know, and, and I, this book was born out of working with clients for so long and, and like they do a great job decluttering and then they call me and they're like, we need you to come back. We need a tune up. And I'm like, what happened? You know? (laughs) And, and so people aren't drawing the line that we bring the clutter into our house. We, we're, we or someone else in our household. And if we're not looking at what we're bringing in and what we're buying and post pandemic, I'm telling you, everybody bought everything again. Like it is, you know, so it's really about looking at what inside of you is missing and you're trying to fill it with stuff. And spoiler alert, the stuff's not going to fix it. Mm -hmm. It's just not. The stuff's not. You know, I did so much research about the science of happiness and how to change that stuff. And it comes back to being grateful, exercising, human connection. The simple things that our grandma always told us turn out to be true. And the ch- stuff becomes the cherry on top, you know? This makes me happy, so it's great. But it, the stuff is not going to fix us. It's just not. Uh, when you shop, when you buy... So we we're sort of, you know, biologically hunters and gatherers, right? When we were roaming the earth, it's like if we found an apple tree, it was a huge win. So we're still sort of like... Hardwired reptile to, to, brain, yeah, <laughs> exactly, reptile brain, you know, yeah. to gather to gather. And so when you buy something, you get an immediate dopamine hit. So you're like, I feel great. And then you get at home and you're like, oh, I don't feel great anymore. And it, because it's unsustainable. You know, uh the big A that ends in a zon, you know, the whole <laughs> website is designed to hit your dopamine. Oh, it's sure. it's and it zon- does for a second. Oh, sure. It really does. Sure. Well, it does mm-hmm. twice does when you buy it and then you forget you buy it. And then a package shows up and you're like, Oh, and it arrives. Yeah. what's in the box. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. But meanwhile, you're like, I know what I bought it to in the morning. So, yeah. you know, it's not, I'm not telling people to stop shopping. I'm not telling people to, you know, have a capsule wardrobe if they don't want it, but I'm just, it's all about awareness, right? That we're trying to fix something inside of ourselves with the stuff. And, It's never going to do it. It's just not. It may for a minute. It's just like that second glass of wine. You know, the first glass of wine (laughs) relaxes you. And then the second glass, you're like, I don't feel as good as the first, but I have a headache. And you know, it's, or the cookies or, you know, it's the same cycle. And so I want us to find our happiness with each other, you know, with a connection and especially Post what we just went through and being separated from everybody was awful. It was just Mm -hmm. awful. We had a little dinner party the other night and people, a couple people I hadn't seen in two years, who I used to see all the time. I started crying. Like yeah. I was so happy to break bread with somebody and to sit across a table and to cook in my house and to have my table outside full of people I love. I was like, oh, I missed this more than I knew. And I think, you know, in the pandemic, to try and get that feeling, we were all shopping.
0: And I love too that you have some great resources on your website um of places where you can go to donate, get rid, recycle electronics, which is, uh, that's a whole nother world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, and, you know, for people um, that, look, we've all got to be better about consuming, throwing things in the landfill, you know, recycling, reducing things need to have a second life. And, you know, we saw that with the, what was happening with the supply chain, like we got to learn how to sew a button back on again, or have someone in our family who can do it. And, And having things find a second life, you know? And so it takes a little bit more work, but not much, really not much. And like I said, go back to this, those buy nothing groups. Like Mm -hmm. somebody's looking for something all the time. I think my last question to you is, is for the women listening
1: who are maybe 40, 50, 60 plus and see all of these products being sold to us. Because we feel like we don't have control over the aging process. Is there a question you can kind of put in their heads to stop that, you know, cell phone from going or the laptop from clicking by now? Because it's just so many women feel out of control with the aging process.
2: So I, um, I work with a lot of celebrities and I will tell you these, so these are people who have access to everything. They still age there is no magic potion moisturize wear sunscreen of course you know get an ipl facial like there are things you're going to do but this idea that you can stop i mean that that whole word anti-aging right. like you can't and the i see the women who i mean i could you know supermodels who are now in their 60s and they're aging and did you see did you all read a couple years ago there was a great article And I think it was in Harper's Bazaar about like the best, it was like the best anti-aging products, the best things to have. Basically, it was like, just be rich. That's how you, that's how just be rich. Then you can afford a plastic surgeon, then you can afford, you know, but just be rich. And so it's these impossible standards and also social media those women are behind filters. Like, right. it's not real. It's just, it's not real. And I'm starting to see more, like, um, I, I, Sharon Stone's amazing. Like, she's just started to post pictures of herself without makeup. And she's a beautiful woman. And she has unbelievable bone structure and unbelievable genetics. And she's aging. She's mm-hmm. 60. And she looks great, but she looks appropriate. And, and I think that... you. I think that if we spend time, you know, trying to fight it, we're not enjoying where we are. I love being 50. Like mm-hmm. my 50s, my business took off. I met the great love of my life. I'm getting married in March. Like, awesome. Oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> like all these amazing, like my family's doing really well. Like my nieces and nephews, like, you know, it's great. So yeah, okay. I don't, I can't wear a 25 inch gene anymore okay but mm-hmm. i have a life i have a right. fantastic life so i think when that stuff starts coming at you you know to really just stop and say like what's what's what am i missing that i'm trying to fix with this what what am i missing inside myself that i'm trying to slather cream along and can i go and volunteer do i need to go back to work do i need to call an old friend cuz it's going to come back to being grateful human connection, and put your walking shoes on. Just start, Mm -hmm. just take a walk. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. the funniest thing, but so much science. Walking can just change your mood.
1: Thank you so much, Tracy, for coming on the show. Guys, make sure you check out October 4th, Make Space for Happiness, How to Stop Attracting Clutter and Start Magnetizing the Life You Want. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it.
2: Thank you. It was lovely, lovely to meet
1: you all. Remember, guys, you can go to D clutterfy.com. Tracy even has a little clutter block quiz. It's interesting. She talks about the clutter blocks and questions you have to ask yourself. And it's she has a lot of information on there. So make sure you check it out. Also while you're on the internet, you can make sure to follow us on all forms of social media. We have Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook. We have a great Facebook group that is private, that we have about 4,600 women that just love to ask questions and chat. And we try to share as much information as we can. So uh, we hope you guys have a great week and we will talk to you next time.
0: Bye.